Yo, what is good, Camp Believers? Welcome to another episode of the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. In today's episode, we had an opportunity to usher in a really good friend of mine, ex-WNBA athlete, now turned amazing dietitian who was pouring into her passions. I'm super excited about this conversation for, for this conversation for a couple of reasons. And I think the main reason is that when you get to hear about the life and hear about the struggle of what it means to be okay with change and what it means to pivot and some of the things that you thought were going to be your lifelong goal. I think one thing is apparent. If you're making a change in your life, that next avenue or whatever route that you're taking needs to be done in a way where you are pouring yourself into the opportunity of not only change, but also pouring yourself into purpose. And so big shout out to Brianna Butler. We are so, so excited for you to hear this message. Brianna is the co-founder and co-owner of Power Portions and the Na Collective. We get a really beautiful opportunity to understand why she made the pivot from being in the WA and being a professional basketball player into what she's doing now. And I think it's so, so powerful and a really good look into what it means to take the next road, if you will, and to do so in a way where you are aligned with what your true passions and purpose are. And so I am so, so excited for you to hear our conversation. Bree, if you're listening to this, I love you, my friend. I feel better having just talked to you and I'm excited for our community to understand some of the really cool things you're doing out there and also to be, be empowered that sometimes the route that you thought was going to be that dream scenario for you is is not that and being okay with change and, and what that means in order to do that successfully. I hope you all enjoy the episode. Let's get it. I've gotten real sleek with these intros now where it's just going into conversation. So I got to start actually prompting <laughs> guests to like, hey, I'm just going to press record the second that you come on. Okay, yeah. finish your story, please. <laughs> so literally, like we're in Houston. My daughter, she had a sleep regression and she's almost two. She'll be two in April. And so I'm thinking maybe we've gotten through these at this point. No, it's been four weeks, <laughs> four weeks. And... <laughs> I, with my son, I never, like with my son, he wasn't a great sleeper, but he never like strung me out four weeks, right? Like, and it's just been so terrible. It's so you're so just taking like, L's like every day, the last four every day, weeks? Every day, every day. We get to Houston, we're in my parents' house. Like she's in this nice lush, like queen bed, like all the things finally sleeps through the night i'm like oh so basically you're fancy and you yeah. need extra oh, space oh like, you've changed <laughs> <laughs> dude that's that, yeah. that's like the most wild thing about parenting uh you know i have some friends who are like very new into getting into parenthood you know mm -hmm. just baby still in utero type type yeah. deal <clears throat> and i was like hey listen you're going to get a bunch of people that are going to give you a bunch of advice. So mm -hmm. for me, if you have questions, I am here for you. If I can give you one word of advice, that's okay. The sleep thing. Listen, you can't train your kid. Like whatever they say, it's, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, doesn't work. It's, it doesn't it's work. wild. The people that think like, you know what? Let me take this, this little brain that has a bunch of neurons flying everywhere at once that's just trying to figure out the world let me yeah. train them you can you can barely get them 
to take a deep breath when they're losing their shit. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. You think you could train them to sleep? <laughs> Hey, you know, it's that is so fun. And the older the kid gets, like, because my oldest is five, and you know, the more he grows, I realize, like, yeah, that this is very, it's it's hard, and there's nothing that can prepare you ahead of time. You got to just figure it out with each kid. You got to just figure it out, let them grow, all the things, because it's hard. It is. Like we literally just had. So it's 8 a.m. as we're recording. Cheers. I love Cheers. seeing Let you. Me, I need to get my coffee. Go get your coffee. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I love I love seeing you. Um, yeah, literally at, you know, two hours ago, uh, we let our dog sleep with my daughter, which I was like, you know what? It might be a nice gesture. It might be one way that we can get her to stop coming in our bed because mm-hmm. a while ago we figured that out. We got to get a, que- uh, a king bed because we're going to have everyone in the bed apparently with us. Yeah. <laughs> So my daughter like comes to me as I'm getting ready for bed and she's like, dad. So our dog, Hercules, he's over here. Shout out to you, buddy. Hi. Um, it's like, dad, Hercules peed on me. And I was like, God. Oh my God. <laughs> so for the last like oh week, God. I had to like go get like rent a rug doctor and like <laughs> do the mattress. Oh, so she's been sleeping God. with us for the last week, which like she comes in at 2 a.m. Like most cases anyway. Um, she was super feisty this morning and like she leaves and I go to my wife. I'm like, listen, uh, that is you. How, yeah. how do I, what do what do I do with that? So I'm just trying to cuddle on her and let her know how much I love her in the morning. She's yeah. like, dad, I need some space. I'm like, you're yeah. in my bed. <laughs> and my wife was like, you know what? Like she, you have an attitude too. She's reflecting parts of both of us that we don't like. That's why this is hard. And I was like, why i love you yeah oh my goodness man and i feel like girls oh they are just something else something else like they're (laughs) so you know one day they want this one day they don't and then i'm like oh yeah i I see me i see i see that so yeah it makes sense makes sense oh okay brie uh this has been a long time coming yeah I always love seeing you. I don't get to see you a lot, which we're in the same state. We we need to yeah. we need to we need to mix families and and get together. We have kids around the same age, more or less. Yep. I think that we would all like have a fantastic friendship and relationship. Yes. Um, last time I saw you was for the CPSDA conference mm-hmm. back. Was it May? Yeah. May. Mm-hmm. Um. Before that, I I don't know how I stumbled across your page, but the one thing that I really, really loved, uh, not only being a female of color in this space, which for those that don't know, there really isn't a lot of diversity in the dietetic mm-hmm. space, which we're front runners. We're going to we're going to change that. Um, yeah. I really love that. I also really love the advocacy that you and the messaging that you provide for athletes, past athletes. And also a lot of people of color. So like that's all of my heart work, you know, wrapped in one. Yeah. So we got to meet for the first time in person. And I don't know how you feel. I'm not going to speak for you. But it was like, oh, my God, I my long lost sister. What is good, girl? Yes. <laughs> I feel the exact same. Okay. And I think that it makes it tough because 
with how COVID went down, like making everyone do so much more like virtually, it was hard, I think, to connect with a lot of people in person. And so for us in that particular meeting, I think was extra special because there were so many dietitians of color that came together at that particular, like very special time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we took over like a whole section of the restaurant. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. Bri, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. Uh, you have been a dream guest of mine for quite some time. The thing that like, all right, Des, it's time to get your shit together and just ask because she's going to say yes. Uh, I saw a post the other day where you had talked about pivoting. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like for our listeners out there who are working on creating rituals and habits, not only that are high reward, but help them to show up as the healthiest version of, of themselves in all areas of their life. I feel like pivoting is a very normal thing. If you allow, allow the failure of that past version of yourself to come to a place where you can be still to be like, you know what? I need to, I need to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, so, I, yes. All of that. All of I that. agree. <laughs> <clears throat> Cause like when I read your, when I read your post and, and we'll make sure that in our show notes for those who are like, Des, can you please share the post with the fuck yeah. we're talking about? Uh, I'll make sure that we share it in the show notes. Um, but the post itself, like I read the caption and I was like, oh, wow. Like the, she's going through it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see yep. you like, I'm yeah. you know, like, I'm here for you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So let's, let's take a step back. Um, you know, Brie, I've never asked you about your story. I mean, I've never, like, what got you to a place where you're working with professional athletes? Mm-hmm. You are now a mom, yeah. right? You're a wife. Yeah. Like, you're, you're all of these, like, really tremendous things. You wear all of these hats. Like, I've never had the great opportunity, and I'm so honored to get this in a recording. But, like, all right, cool. What the hell is your story? Like, where did yeah. Where did you come from? Like, what got you here? I know you're from Houston, H-Town. Yep, yep, exactly. That's where it all started. I'm a Texas girl, okay? Um, no, I'm, I, yeah, let me let me share this because I don't think that I've ever really uh, shared in depth my story. I've shared yep. bits and pieces to certain audiences. So we'll start from the beginning. From Houston, obviously Houston, Texas. Um, and I actually went to the University of Southern California from Houston. Mm-hmm. So big, big, big leap for me, but I played basketball and I was... We got a hoop together, by the way. Hey, whenever. I haven't picked up a ball in a long time, but I need to. I'm like really rusty. Dude, it was my saving grace during COVID. I got to a it's... point where I was like, I'm so sick of being inside. Yep. Like there's a park in walking distance and I just started playing basketball every day and it's yeah. been like that the last three years. <laughs> Man, I literally, I thought about it the other day. I was like, you know what? I need to go hoop. I need to get myself some basketball shoes. I don't even have shoes. That's how, that's how risky yeah. I am. Like yeah. I need to. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that's my passionate heart. Always been a hooper. Um, and coming from Houston, the basketball scene was, I mean, everything at that particular point in time, we have a lot of ladies from the Houston area that are in the WNBA now. So a lot of the people that I played against on a regular basis, a lot of my closest friends, one that I just was with this past weekend, WNBA, because that was just the culture at the time. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of us went D1. My sister and I were both McDonald Americans coming out of high school and we both went to USC. That's how close we were, right? So that'll preface a little I bit of that. what I'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, 
but super close. We decided to go out to USC together because we had actually played on a California club team, club basketball. For those of you that know, like high school basketball, club sports, it's, it's a lot. It's it's crazy. Um, But I will say it got me in front of a, a lot of eyes of coaches and stuff like that. So Went out to USC, played ball there four years. Um, that's actually where I met my husband, Bryce. So we met going into our freshman year of college. He played football. I played basketball. Um, four years there, ended up doing really well, setting a lot of records. And when it was all said and done, I had a decision to make. Was I going to continue my career and go play pro or was I going to pursue something in the health field or education field or something like that. Cause I got my bachelor's in human performance, minor in health promotion and nutrition. I knew I wanted to go into nutrition at some point in time, but I wasn't quite sure when, where, and how. Um, and so at the point of graduation, I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to pursue sports after spending like 20 years of my life dedicating time <laughs> to this? Or am I going to like, it's so go much, to school, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go with the fact that I've put in 20 years of work and I'm going to try, right? Like, yeah. I think the worst thing you can ever do is wish that you would have and said like, maybe I should have, would have, could have, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that to myself. I owe myself the chance to try. So I ended up getting drafted to the Washington Mystics coming out of college. And uh, I got a welcome to the league for my first training camp. It was horrible. Like I was (laughs) like, freaking, what is this? (laughs) These girls are faster. They're stronger. (laughs) Oh my gosh. smarter. (laughs) Smarter. All the things like you can never, and you come from in college, like, being that girl, like I'm that person. Yeah, yeah. And then I go to like the league and they're like, no, you're not. Like, no, you're not. You're a <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> totally bombed that training camp, ended up getting released. Um, and after that, I just told myself, all right, you know what? Like, I think I can do this and I just need to work harder. So went to China, came back, ended up getting picked up by the Phoenix Mercury and spent the rest of the se- season with the Phoenix Mercury went overseas, played ball in Poland. For those of you that don't know about WNBA and overseas, once you finish WNBA, you go overseas because that's where you get paid. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was my first experience leaving the country, like leaving my family and everyone for a long period of time. Um, And that was, that was a lot that kind of shook me a little bit. Um, It made me grow into a woman. Um, And at that point in time, when I started going overseas for the first time, that's when I started taking classes that were nutrition focused. Cause I'm like, oh, well, I've got a lot of free time on my hands. Why not go into something nutrition focused? Um, after that came back, ended up getting engaged, um, played more WNBA for the Phoenix Mercury for that next following year. And then I decided not to go overseas. I stayed home after that WNBA season and really just like focused on really diving into nutrition a little more seriously. Pivoted. Yeah, I pivoted. And you'll notice like through this story, there's a lot of pivots that happen. I was going to say right? that. I mean, I just found the title of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hey, like pivot. <laughs> it's almost like it should be my middle name at this point. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, and that's one thing you'll learn about me. I'm not afraid to do it. When I yeah. realize that it's time and, and I really want to make a decision to do something, I do it. So mm-hmm. Um, I knew for me, like I could see the right on the wall. I'm like, well, basketball's not going to last forever. I know I want to get into nutrition. Like, what do I need to do? And then I started figuring out like, 
you got to go through didactic programs and all this. And I'm like, shoot, like now I really yeah. got to dedicate time Organic to this. chemistry? Like, oh. oh my gosh. I was like, why do I need this? You know, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some of that. And, you know, when you're, when you're older, you're not like fresh in college anymore and you're having to take these classes. You're like, wow, like I feel like I'm pretty far removed. So anyway, after that season, ended up getting married. This is 2014, got married. And right after that, I pretty much went straight into training camp. And that shook me again because I was like, shoot, I just got married. You know, like I want to be here. I want to be spending time with my husband. But I still loved ball. Um, so ended up playing some more WNBA and went overseas. So our first year of marriage, I'm overseas. And that was eye-opening in and of itself. Um, I was actually in Belgium. So it was nice. He actually came over. He was playing with the Raiders at the time. We met up in London because he was playing in the London game that year. He oh, came yeah. over. Like, it was, yeah. it was nice. You know, like, yeah. it was, you know, all the travel. It was Power great. <laughs> yeah, like, it was lovely. Yeah. But after that, like, even with him visiting overseas, I still was just like, Mm, something was kind of tugging at my heart. Like, I don't know. And then I was still wondering, I was kind of at a crossroads with my career because with WBA, it's very difficult. Like it's, it's one of those things where hard, it's hard work to get in and it's hard work to stand. It's not yeah. an easy, it's not an easy thing. Um, and you really have to kind of go through the trenches to find a long-term spot in the league. Mm -hmm. And so after I played overseas in Belgium that year, came back with Indiana fever and I was like, you know what, like, if I don't make the team this year, like, I'm probably going to just like, call it quits, sign and went, in, went ahead and signed my contract to go overseas, because you do that ahead of time, you don't wait, you yeah. sign your contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, all right, well, regardless of what happens in the NBA, I'm going overseas, signed to go to Australia, ended up making the making the Indiana fever team, but then got released later. And I was just like, completely crushed, because I'm like, dang, I promised myself that yeah. I would say, all right, I'm done. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm still going to go to Australia. I'm not going to do WNBA anymore. Actually, it still ended up getting calls from teams, but I was like, not doing it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm not going to put my life on hold anymore. I'm going to continue to pursue my dreams. Sign my contract. I'm supposed to go to Australia three weeks out, two weeks out. My dad's visiting Oakland. He's like, are you going to start training? You're supposed to be leaving. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. And at yeah. that point in time, right at that point in time, I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to play anymore because I don't even have the passion to go pick up a ball to train. And yeah. I was like, that means that if I show up, if I go over there, I'm not going to be the player that I know I should be. And so at that, I had to have a hard conversation with myself and say, Hey, yeah. is this going to be it? You know, are you going to be done with ball altogether? And if you are, you need to be serious about it because now there's more than you that's involved. Now your husband's involved, you're involved, you know, like yeah. there's two of y'all. And I decided to stay home and it was like the shot heard around the world. I was getting calls from teammates. They're like, what like, are you where doing? Are you? <laughs> yeah. What, you know, that the, my agent was pissed. My, the team was pissed. Everybody was hot. And I was like, I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. So that was a I'm huge pivot for me, you I'm know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Hey, I'm fine with it. It was 2015 and I felt really good about that decision, but that was a huge, huge pivot for me, letting go of something that I cared about a lot. Um, and right after that, that's when I started really diving into nutrition even more. So 
applied to UT Southwestern's didactic program um, and coordinated program because I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need a master's and I need to be able to get all this stuff done at once. I do not yeah. have time to go back and forth and then go through and apply and all this stuff. <clears throat> so ended up going through that program. After the first year of my program, found out that we're pregnant with my son, <laughs> middle of grad school. God. Middle. Uh. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, granted, we, you know, had always said that we wanted to have kids, but it was one of those things where like the timing was impeccable. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in the yeah. middle of school. Like, what am I freaking going to do? I had, I just felt unprepared, yeah. but I knew like, all right, all these plans and dreams that I had to go, you know, work at some college or work with some professional team to do like sports nutrition. Cause that was now my passion. Like I was really into that had gone down the drain. I, at least I felt that. And I was like, yeah. I got to shift now again because I'm a mom and I want to be there for my kids and all these things. And mind you, we had also started, my sister and I had also started Power Portions in 2015 too. So mm -hmm. we have a business, I'm in grad school, all the things. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Going through your first trimester. <laughs> like, <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, I'm in the hospitals, like doing my rounds <laughs> with like, <laughs> you know, morning sickness. I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. like, <laughs> what did you eat today? You know? So yeah. it's just crazy, you know? And it's, yeah. gosh, I mean, but it was such a, uh, a good experience too, for me, because I realized, you know what, sis, like, Hey, you did that. You got mm -hmm. through that. And once again, I told myself like, Hey, I'm going to finish school because I told myself that I was going to do it. And so yeah. finished school ended up like, pivoting with the company because at that point we're like all right well we got to make some changes now we started out as meal prep but we couldn't do meal prep anymore it's like we're not going to do that anymore we're not going to travel back and forth from houston to dallas all the things and we also said all right how does it work you know with the nutrition stuff like am i going to be doing consults am i you know what does that look like so i we were doing one-to-one -one consults things like that but you know and that was fine until we found out we were pregnant with number two. And that brings you up to speed because when number God. two came, hey, <laughs> throw it all out the window. Okay. Like everything changed, I think, about me as a mother and what my priorities were. Um, even though, like with my son, I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can juggle all the things. I can, I can spend time with one-to-one -one clients. I can, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, go work for this team. I can do all the contract work. I could do the media work. It was fine. I was managing it. But when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, I was like, oh no, like bringing in another one, I got to change something. Um, but I didn't. And I knew I needed to change something, but I didn't actually change it. Mm -hmm. And that is what got me to the point where I was like, all right, I'm stuck. I'm broken. I'm spread thin. I don't have anything left to give the most important people in my life, right? Like yeah. my son, my husband, my daughter, they were getting what was left of me. And yeah. that wasn't okay with me. And I was just like, you know what? People are going to need nutrition for a really long time. <laughs> like yeah. once my kids are grown, you know, like, all things, people will still need nutrition at that point in time, but will my kids need me 
as much when they're 18, 19, maybe, but they really, really need me right now. And I just couldn't afford to continue that path. So I had to make some changes, but just like you said, like you make the mistakes and you go through the trauma of Mm -hmm. shoot, like I knew I needed to like do something different and I chose to not change. And here we are now, like the baby's crying. My son's like throwing things against the wall. Like husband's not happy. I'm not happy. Like all the things. And from the outside looking in, it looks great, right? Like social media gives off a perception that everything is put together, right? But you know in your heart, like this is not, like it's not working. And so that's how we got to, long story short, very, very long story, but that's how we got to that post. Yeah. All right. So obviously we've found a theme yeah. and a title to this podcast, to this story, to this, to this hero's journey, if we will. Yeah. Brie, let's, let's back up during the moments where you felt the need to pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our, our, our listeners and our, and our pod family have heard me time in and time out talk about the importance of being gritty right? Mm -hmm. Talking about the importance of also being still. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we've actually dove into how sometimes knowing when to quit is an actual art form. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering for you, because obviously this podcast is largely based on the hero's journey of high level individuals like yourself, uh, and also tapping into the habits and rituals of things that, that help you to, to be who you are, that help to build your DNA, right? Mm -hmm. I'm wondering for you, like, what were some of those things that were happening around you that you started to notice? You're like, you know what? I'm not in alignment with Mm -hmm. things that I thought I was like, what, what are those things? How do you you get there? That's a great question. I know for me, when it starts feeling way too sticky for me. (laughs) That's a really great way to put it. I'm like, all right, sums up, right? Like, too much. <laughs> that's like, that's my cue. I'm like, because it's not that life is supposed to be easy. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be hard. It's going to have its ups and downs. But I think for the most part, it should be enjoyable. It should be enjoyable. Like, there should be way more good days than there are bad days. Like, you know, not to say there aren't going to be bad days. There will be. That's, yeah. that's life. That's realistic. Yeah. However, when it gets to the point where, it's too sticky because there's the happiness is not there. The joy is not there. The fulfillment is not there. More people are impacted by your decisions than you, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it starts feeling like, okay, this is weighing really, really heavy on me. You start feeling it in your body, right? And now it's more than mental and you feel it in your chest and you're not sleeping right. And all the things, you know, it's like, uh, you know, just All the that things you that people like, kind of oh. like chalk up to like, oh, it's parenting. Like, right? No, yeah. it's not. It's like, uh-uh. it, there's a level of it, absolutely. Yes, it's not normal to have anxiety every day. It's just not. It is not. It's not. And you <laughs> yeah. know what? Because most people can't can't recognize it. It's just like you said. It's easy to pass it off as other things, right? Yeah. But it's like, no. Look at look at the position that you're in. What decisions have you made? You know, like what's going on now that that you probably need to let go of. Right. And so Mm -hmm. for me, when I start feeling that and I look around and I assess, 
And then I take some time and I typically do some sort of a fast, whether it's like a fast from social media or like whatever, just like taking some time to be still and be quiet. And at that point in time, I'm able to really assess because I've gotten rid of some of the distractions that are keeping me from being able to really see what's going on. And then I'm like, ah, I pinpoint whatever it is. I'm like, I might not like this, but it's got to go, you know? And so I have to make that hard decision. But I think just understanding those different things that start popping up are what helped me assess like, all right, I need to really sit down with myself and figure this out because it can't keep going this way. I, I have never heard that explained in the way that it, that you just did <laughs> like this term of like fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's a, it's a theme. There's different ways, just like you were saying too mm-hmm. fast. Like you just yep. mentioned like fasting from social media for those of us who are in the thick of it, providing content and just like really trying to run our dreams off of what we provide, Mm -hmm. taking a step back and turning off those apps. Like there's a fear that people will forget about you, which is a level of narcissism that is just really comical. (laughs) Like I did the same thing, same thing for like a month. And I was like, I'm done. And then I got to a point where I was like, Oh my God, bro. Like, shut up. Like you're you're fine. You might have friends that like love seeing what you're doing. Like, yeah, are you good? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I'm just going into myself. Um, wow. I love that. The, just the theme of fasting. I'm I'm gonna bite that. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) for me, you, it's something that I think everyone should take some time to do because we all get to a point where there's things that are clouding our judgment, right? Like, it's very easy to be like that. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners are like that too. Cause when you're a high performer and there's a lot of, you got a lot of hats that you're wearing, you have a lot of responsibilities. It's easy for your responsibilities and your duties and any other extra stuff to just cloud your judgment. It's hard to really think. And it's hard to even take some time to step aside and say, right. Like yeah. because of all the responsibilities we have, like that's a huge step to say, you know what, I'm going to take a couple of weeks to get myself together. Like, yeah, that's a commitment in and of itself. And mm-hmm. so to be able to do that is a huge step forward because you can actually say, you know what, I'm actually carving out this time. So now that I've done that, I can actually commit time to figuring out what's freaking going on with me so yeah. that I can be better for myself and for the people that love me the most. Yeah. I'm biting that 100% from now on. Yeah, I will. I love it. I'll give you credit. <laughs> you'll get some. You'll get some random tags. <laughs> well, Bree, let's let's fast forward to right now. Um, it seems like you are doing some incredible passion work, mm-hmm. uh, which I just I love. And I mentioned this the other day, you know, right before we broke, because right now as we're recording, we broke for the month because I too was like cool. I need to create some systems because what I'm doing is not, it's not mm-hmm. working. I need to create mm-hmm. some fucking systems. Yep. Um, so we're recording while we're off just so I can start stacking up episodes and things like that. I'm wondering for, for you, I see the value of doing hard work and mm-hmm. I'm seeing you talk about it and I'm, and I'm almost like seeing like a, a more refreshed version of you and, and how you're showing up. Yeah. Tell me about the heart stuff right now. Yeah. Um, so during that time where I basically took some time off, um, it was 
obviously for my family, but I also wanted to take some time to figure out what I really had a passion for because I found myself like looped into projects that I didn't love and, you know, doing things that I almost was just like agreeing to just because. And it was like, just why to did stay you busy? say yes to that? Yeah, yeah. like, you didn't I hate to this. say yes to that. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, gosh. And I don't know what it is. And it literally is one of those things where, when you find yourself in those predicaments and you're sitting in a Zoom call or like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. It's like, I, I would leave right now if I yes. didn't tell these people. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, I would, I would just leave right fucking now. I'm out of here. Like, I'm done with like, this. Like, you'll be in meeting for all, like, right now because, like, it's. That's the hard you thing from home though, right? Because like yes. you could like literally outside you have your family, yep. you have snacks, you have hydration, yes. you have all the things. You're like, I just leave right now and go exactly. live my life. Yeah. Like I don't need to be doing this. This is no, crazy. Just, oh my god. Oh my gosh. Like you can relate. Like, so here I am. I find myself in multiple situations like this. And it's because it's like, well, sis, you didn't set any boundaries. You haven't made it clear the stuff that you really love and enjoy not only with like brands or like business partnerships, but also like with clients, the clients that you want to serve, how you want to show up, all this type of stuff. You find yourself in predicaments serving in a way that you're not fit to serve, right? Like it's not something that strikes a passion for you. Um, and so during that time, when I took that break, I was like, all right, what means the most to me? What kind of message do I want to put out there? How do I want to share it? Why do I want to share it? all these things. And I realized, you know what, like I'm misaligned in like my clientele, I'm misaligned in the projects that I want to work on. I'm misaligned in this way. So that time aside allowed me to kind of realign myself and figure out like, okay, what I really wanted to do. And I realized, you know what, one, I really want to work with women of color, active women of color that are like me, right? Because my sister and I had talked and we we're like, well, we started power portions because we used to be athletes and that was what we aligned with the most, right? Like, yeah. and that's why we still have that side of power portions because we still have so many, like, we call them family because they're family. They're like family to us, you know, athletes yeah. that we've worked with, grew up with whatever that we serve on the power portion side. But we're like, that's not who we are anymore. Who are yeah. we? You know, we're active women of color, right? Yeah. We're not just women. We're active women of color. And 99% of my clientele on the wellness side look like me. Yeah, They work like me. They have families like me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm sitting up here spreading a message that is not specific to the people that I serve every single day, not specific to me. And that doesn't, that didn't sit well with me. I was like, you know what? Why do that? Right? Like, I align with this. This is who I am. This is who I serve. Why am I not sharing that message? You know? And so <clears throat> that was one shift that we wanted to make um, going into 2023. Cause we're like, this is who we are. This is who we align with now. Let's make it happen. The other thing that was really important to me and, and my sister as well is serving in a lot of different ways, right? Like mm -hmm. How are you showing up? How are you serving the people around you, your community, your home? What does serving look like to you? Why are you serving? What's most important about it, right? And so yeah. for us, like creating spaces to serve people, whether it's going out and doing some charity work, whether it's serving in our homes in different ways, whether it's serving a community 
providing access, like all of that stuff is really important to us. And so building out the things that we've built out and starting initiatives in that way has been huge to us as well. So I think for me, just taking that time to be able to look into what I really wanted to do, what really got my gears going, what really aligned helped a lot, just taking that time out. I think it's a special thing when you get to a point where you recognize that what is going on in your environment is no longer serving you. Mm -hmm. And it takes a great deal of skill to like go really deep to be like, mm -hmm. well, what, what do I want to do? Yeah. And I, and I think that piece, Bria, is is what makes you really special and, and really in a lot of ways what makes high level people special because they understand the value of hard work. Mm -hmm. So like. I love the idea of you going back into the community. I love the idea of you pouring back into the things that mean the most to you. So as we kind of like take a bird's eye view with all the things that you're doing, what are the biggest things right now that are like, that's it right there. So <clears throat> I would say the biggest thing, like the overall biggest thing that I've been pouring into a lot, obviously besides my family, because they're always going to be like that thing for me. Yeah, like, of course, always. Um, but the one thing that I've been pouring into the most is creating a wellness or nutrition focused wellness community for active women of color. Mm -hmm. And it's something that is really important to me because I've seen too many instances where people that look like me, women that look like me, who are active, who have a lot of things on their plate, but want to go to the gym, but want to do, you know, want to have fun, want to do all these things, but really care about their health. Like it's kind of hard to find a space that's specific to them where they mm -hmm. can have access to things like labs and healthcare professionals and all of that type of stuff. And also be able to have a community of sisters that lives a very similar life that they can yeah. rely on. And so we have been in the process of building that out and it's called the Naw Collective. And it's something that's very different than what we've done before, but oh my gosh, it sets me on fire. I just love everything about what we're building. And the acronym is gentle nutrition for active women of color. And that's why we have the Naw Collective. I love that. Yes. Holy crap. Yes. I know. I asked you about that and I was like, yeah. I, I actually really love this name, but there's layers now. There's layers to it. There's layers. And you know, what's, what's so important about it is that it's really based off of, hi, I have a visitor. Oh, please. You're going to say hi. 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 What's up? Hi. I'm Brayden. I'm Brayden. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Desi. <laughs> I just turned five. You just turned five. Five is my favorite number. Oh my gosh. Okay, but let me let mommy finish, okay? Who are you getting? Can you help me find my boy You have to take Chompy for now. Spiky, I mean. Okay, get him. Go. I'm almost done. Okay, bye. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, uh, interrupted by a five-year-old, you know how that goes. I know. Yeah. My, my, I mean, my almost seven-year-old is at school right now. Otherwise yeah. she'd be bursting in. Dude, I was, oh <laughs> we were doing a launch last night and like my daughter comes home from gymnastics screaming, crying. <gasps> oh I'm like, my God. yo, like, no. 
kicking my door like dad dad i'm like dude oh my gosh like, this is and i i told like the people that were on like this is me raw so like yeah <laughs> like, i mean what it's real life like, <laughs> <laughs> for those right, of you right. that want to have kids there you yeah, go yeah just you know <laughs> just just wait just just yeah. wait if you want to have kids uh all right back to the not collective um all right as a as a dietitian um i know what gentle nutrition means mm-hmm. right so for a lot of our high level individuals who listen to this podcast uh you might need some education in what gentle nutrition yeah. actually looks like because a lot of you are or the rigidity is is a lot yes yes <laughs> calm, calm your ass down first yes okay? <laughs> It ain't that serious, okay? Yes. <laughs> um, Brie, in your eyes, how do you educate, teach, and help people to apply gentle nutrition? Yeah. Um, so it actually started out for us in our one-to-one coaching programs. So it was something that we would kind of start off in our first session. We would really start with figuring out, okay, who is it that you want to be? You know, what is it that you want to do in your life? How do you want to get there? Right? Like you have to do the identity work first before anything, because, and we do that because in their intake paperwork at the bottom, it'll say, what are some things you hope to achieve? And it might be like, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds or I want to do this, that, and the other. And so I challenge that and I say, well, what is it? How do you want to show up in life? right? Like what are some things that you want to do? Do you want to have more energy when you're playing with your kids? Do you want to be able to sustain through work, all that type of stuff? And then I ask them, well, do you think losing 30 pounds is going to get you there? Like, what do you, what, 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 if that number changed on the scale, but nothing else did, how would you feel about that? Right. And then it's like, oh, well, actually I wouldn't be too happy about that. And so then we start, really diving into why they want to lose weight. What are some things that, you know, you're dealing with that make you feel like that's what you have to do, right? Like, and that's all a part of the identity work and unpacking. Maybe it's trauma. Maybe there's other things that have gone on or past instances where they've done a lot of restricting or whatever has happened in the past. And so that foundational session of identity work is so, so important because it allows us to peel back the layers and figure out, okay, at the core of who you are, what's most important? Let's build on that, right? And I didn't realize for the longest that that actually aligned with intuitive eating until I took a step back and was like, oh, let me dive into a few things, you know, and learn a little bit more about it. So that's how we always start. That's how we've been starting things for the longest time. And so after that session, once we unpack that and we figure out who they want to be in at their core, what do they want to achieve? Then we start putting the things in place that help them get there, right? Like maybe it's setting boundaries. Maybe it's integrating like mindful moments throughout the day. Maybe it's incorporating more fruits and vegetables on a regular basis, you know, whatever that looks like. And then we kind of go through the process because it doesn't start with, okay, I'm going to throw all this nutrition at you. Like, we start taking baby steps and then eventually you get to the point where it's like, all right, now that you've created this foundation, you've got some really, really solid habits. How can we take it a step further? Right? Like, yeah. okay, you want to train for a marathon. 
what are some specific nutrition things now that we can loop in, right? Like, okay, we're dealing with some high A1C numbers or some high cholesterol numbers. What are some specific nutrition changes that we can make that align with your need now, right? So that's kind of the progression that we have been doing for a long time, but are now, you know, able to really put that into focus. Oh, Bri, the way that you explain that is absolute top tier. It's top tier for a couple of reasons because a lot, and I see a lot of nutrition coaches, fitness coaches, dietitians talking about a personalized approach. Mm -hmm. No one really dives into what that actually means. It sounds mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. And let me also say like, there's some really great people out there. Some really bad ones. Like, some yep. in the middle who are still learning. <laughs> they're all, they're all learning about themselves. Yeah. If they're aware enough to be like, oh, I got shit that I need to like figure yep. out. <clears throat> but one thing that I really love that you first touched on, and this is how you personalize something for someone is you help them to identify with where their values lie. Mm-hmm. Because it's yeah. not about the 30 pounds you want to lose. Mm -mm. Okay, You might show up differently feeling more confident. But yep. if we peel the onion back a little bit more, you just want to feel loved. You want to yeah. feel accepted. Mm -hmm. You want to feel like you can contribute. Like, yes, these are all like, like inward soul things mm -hmm. that like make total sense. And if you don't have someone like yourself, Pri, like it might be about, well, let's talk about your fiber. Let's talk about yeah. some other things. Yeah. Those are tactics. Those are yeah. important tactics, yeah. but doing the heart work is, is, is the number one. So I, mm -hmm. I love, so there's, there's actually a, a thing that I have in this platform, Brie, where I can mark clips for like, I'm going to use this. Uh, we've had like drop the mic moments like four times. So I have four clips right now. Already, oh my God. <laughs> already ready to go. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> I, because I, I, th I think what that helps to provide a, a really beautiful invitation for is the inclusion of like your cultural foods, like mm -hmm. your cultural things. Yes, you know what I mean. And I think that piece, and I, and I remember this in my community nutrition, uh, the time that I spent there, even just mm -hmm. some of the high level people of color that I've worked with, is like, mm -hmm. like listen, let, let's. Let's demystify the the myths real quick. Um, yeah. You know, you can enjoy what you want to enjoy. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you don't have to like let that go. So I think yeah. that piece I can imagine for a lot of people that you work with, Bree, is, is incredibly healing. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? That's always been something that I've been passionate about, too, um, for the longest time, because I was raised on like grandma's cooking, like all that type of stuff, right? Like my grandparents lived with us growing up. My grandma cooked dinner for us every single night. Like every Friday was fish fry Friday. Like it was one of those things where that to me, that was love. That was culture. And that was something that I never wanted to feel like I had to let go of. And so I take that into my practice today. Um, whenever I was in school, worked at WIC, like did things like that worked at Parkland, chose to work at Parkland, which is the public hospital in Dallas, chose to work there. A lot of people don't love working there and doing rotations there. I loved it. Why? Because of the culture, right? The different people that came through there, all the, you know, and being able to, I remember one time, very specific instance, it was, it was a black male. He was in the hospital 
and he had a heart condition, but he also was dealing with high diabetes or issues with diabetes and high MOC. And I just remember like, you know, one of the dietitians was like, oh, well, you know, he, there's nothing we can do to help, you know, like he's been here multiple times, like blah, 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 blah. Just go send a heart healthy, like dinner and a diabetes friendly dinner, whatever, and send this handout and come back. It should only take you 10 minutes. And I'm like, what? I'm hot, right? Like, like what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm hot. Cause I'm like, what, you know? So I go, I'm in there 30, 45 minutes. I shouldn't have been, but I'm, and I'm a student at this time. And I'm like, but I don't care because this is the type of stuff. These are the conversations we need to have. Okay. What do you like to eat? What are some things we can, we can adjust just slightly, you know, like, okay, you like greens. Do you get them out the can? You know, are there mm -hmm. options for lower sodium? If you, you know, like what, what do we, what yeah. can we do? How can we collaborate on this? And at that point in time, I knew I was like, this is something I have to take with me, you know, and I can't do it in the hospital. For me, I felt like I couldn't do it in the hospital. So that was another reason why I wanted to go into private practice. But it's something I see every day, like with my clients that come in, these conversations that we have. And I think that's something that brings us closer is to be able to have a conversation about the foods that they love, what it means to them, right? Because from the outside looking in, it might seem as though someone's attachment to a particular food can be an obsession or unhealthy or whatever. But it's like, well, did you take the time to figure out why it was important to them? You know, could it be that grandma used to make that grandma passed away and that's the only attachment that they have now? You know, all those things like are reasons why for me, I'm like, I'll never, ever let that go. That has yeah. to be a part of what we do every day. All right. Uh for our listeners out there, the sound has changed because Bree's got me way too freaking excited talking about this. <laughs> and I killed my mic. So now you're getting my MacBook mic. I'm sorry before. Oh my God. Um, Bree, I love that. I I mean, I had a moment the other day. You know, my uh my nana, who I, I love so, so dearly, uh, is continuing to battle Alzheimer's. And so, like, mm. as the time goes, it's just like trying to figure out how to honor her in a lot of ways. And I found myself on a Saturday morning. My wife was like, hey, can you make, uh, you know, papas and eggs and things like that? I was like, yeah. So I'm like, I put on some like mariachi music and I'm like cutting it and I like start crying. I'm like, yeah. fuck am I crying right now? <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah. it's, it's because there is an association to this food Yes. And had, hadn't I know what I know about this? And if I was someone who has not had the privileges for the education, the opportunities, all yes. of that stuff, I would have been told that these, these papas right here are going to raise my blood sugars yeah. and I can't yeah. have like, I, oh, yeah, it yeah. hurts me every single time. I'm like, man, like, and it's something that happens all the time. And I mm -hmm. think that's the value of why representation matters. Yeah. It's, it's a massive value. Mm -hmm. And that's also the value of like, this is why we need to have diversity in a lot of these spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. 100% agree. And I think you'll find that people appreciate that, right? Like people that are looking for nutrition services appreciate having someone that looks like them and, and yeah. being able to step into a space that's non-judgmental. Um, yeah. And you almost, I mean, you really, as a, as a dietitian, I find myself having to undo the fear that 
I'm going to judge them, right? Because they maybe have been in experiences where people have shamed them for their food choices or whatever. And it's like, well, that's not what I'm, I'm not here to shame you, right? Like I'm here to be an advocate and I'm here to really hold your hand through this process to, to give you a resource, to be able to give you the knowledge that I know you you might not have or, or even have access to and to help you navigate this in a healthy manner. And I yeah. think that's, sometimes people lose that even as practitioners, sometimes it's easy to lose that um, and, and get into a space where it's like a dictatorship, but it's like, no, it's really a collaborative effort with you and your client in helping them to navigate this. And you might have to undo some stuff. You might have to undo some stuff. So yeah. I think, you know, for, for people that need someone that look like them, it's so good that we are expanding the space because it's so important. It is. It is. Wow. Bri, I, I am so, so thankful for the time that you spent with us and our, and our listeners. Um, as a, as a friend, as a colleague, like super honored to, to have you in this space, super honored to share the space with you. Uh, I always like to, I, I, I never try to precondition questions because I, I really love just having organic conversation, which is why we started this podcast with why you haven't slept in the last four yeah. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have two exactly. questions. I do have two questions that I do like to ask uh, to, to close and really just massive thank you to, to you for spending some time with us so the first question is this is the can't believe i made it podcast so have you made it and if so or if not rather what does making it look like in your season of life mm, that question i feel like i haven't made it just yet but i feel like for me making it will be creating the space that I want to create and being able to continue to serve my family the way I'm doing now. Yeah. So I really want, cause I'm, I'm a big, like if I start a project, I want to complete it. I really see us building out this community and serving a lot of people in it. Um, mm -hmm. But in doing that, I am not willing to sacrifice the sanity of my family and my yeah. family relationships. So if that can happen and the two can coincide, I will have made it. I love that. I'm confident because it's hard work. Like you'll find a way to implement your family into, and then your community into my, no doubt in my mind. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Last question for you. I know you got to get back to your kids, get back to your life. Um, what sort of projects or things that, what sort of things are, are lighting up your life right now that we can come in and support? whether that be uh, programs. We didn't, oh, fuck, we didn't get to talk about your podcast. We'll talk about it another time. Um, okay. How can we support you, Brie? Yeah, um, I would say for us right now would be listening to the podcast. That's going to be probably the best thing right now because my sister and I, it's biscuits, biscuits and gravy in the morning. I I'll have to, well, when we have more time, I'll tell you where that name came from. <laughs> There's a story behind it. Um, but that's where we're really starting to strike up conversations for active women of color. And so if you are an active woman of color, and when I say active, it doesn't necessarily mean like that you're at the gym every day. Active can mean so many different things. It can mean that you're a busy mom. It could mean that you're- You love walks. Working. Yeah, like it could be anything, you know, like that community is for you. So if that's, yeah. if that's you, um, check us out at Biscuits and Gravy in the Morning, the podcast. 
but also, you know, when it comes to our packages and services right now, we aren't necessarily taking on one-to-one wellness clients right now because we're still building out that community. But for our professional athletes, we still have a space and a lot of our highly active men actually come through our power portion side as well. So that's oh, yeah. something that we're doing. But love on social media is always great. So following us at Power Portions at the Knock Collective, I would say are, are probably the best routes to go, especially while we build out our website. We're redoing everything. It's been crazy, but eventually it'll all be up and running. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure that we put all of that information in the show notes, Bree. Um, I had a transition to talk about bis- biscuits and gravy too, because <laughs> you went the gentle nutrition route and I, I went I cultural foods yes. and then I got lost in the excitement yes. of the Knock Collective. I, yes. I had one. So <laughs> we will have to have some sort of crosscast. Uh, yeah. I would love to jump on yours if you're looking for guests. Uh, yes. Shed some love to, to you ladies. But, dude, I, I am so thankful for you. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Yeah. Um, for our listeners out there, make sure that you give uh, Bri a follow. You know, some of the things that she talked about, we will put in the show notes. But as always, for our community, the big push as you listen to this podcast, something really, really spoke to you. Screenshot it, share it. Please sh- share the message. Mm-hmm. That's that's all we're asking. Yeah. If it hits you, then share it. Yes. Don't be a gatekeeper in that way. Yeah. <laughs> share the love. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, listeners out there, I'll catch you on the next one. Uh, Brie, I'm going to press end here, but don't go anywhere just yet, okay? All right, okay. y'all. Much love to you. Later. <laughs>